What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode number 18 of Betting and Boozing here on the HHH Racing Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Roscoe. And guys, welcome to Derby Week. The guys have already been going. They've had two shows Sunday covering the bottom 10 horses and just about two hours ago covering their top 10 horses and their reactions to the post draw and the top 10 horses for their Kentucky Derby picks. It's going to be guys this is just gonna be an absolutely unbelievable week we're not even through half the shows yet we're only for three-eighths of the show we have eight shows this whole week starting with uh sunday and ending on thursday with all of us at in one show please come out to the hhh racing podcast channel and help us celebrate the derby week just um like i said which is the best horse racing week of the year guys and if you are brand new here please go down to the bottom right hand side of the screen or below the video player and hit subscribe it really helps us out and while you're down there, please hit the like button as that will continue to push out these podcasts to all the people searching out for Kentucky Derby content this week. And like I said, that really helps us out. We would gr- greatly, greatly appreciate it. My email is scrolling across the screen. It is Betton and Boozin, just like the uh, name in the title, Betton and Boozin at gmail.com. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, anything you could want, I will be sure to answer you and Guys, this this show tonight is going to be straight reaction, just like they did for the Kentucky Derby. But this one is going to be straight for the Kentucky Oaks. We're going to react to the post draw this morning. Who's who's some winners? Who are some losers that lost out? And how do we think the pace scenario is going to develop come the first Friday in May with the girls? So um, and unfortunately, we're down one co-host for tonight. Uh, Patrick Kunsel will not be here because he thinks that. Um, this right here, if once I pull it up for you guys, he thinks this right here is more important than our Ben and Boozin, um, our Ben and Boozin Kentucky Oaks shows where he thinks that the New Jersey Devils are going to win game seven tonight. We'll see about that, Patrick, but good luck to them. I'm just giving you a little crap and a little bit of a shout out, but guys, thanks so much for joining the show. I'm going to get to some comments right now. Michael Austin said, hello. The boss said, passing off the baton guys. Have a great show. Thanks so much, Howard. Greatly appreciate it. Richard Avalar. Thanks so much for joining in. Like I said, as you're also, I don't recognize your name. So thank you so much for joining in for the show. Greatly appreciate it. Penn state Scott. Let's light the candle, baby. I love it. Let's do it. Best post 10 for practical move. Hey, that's a great spot, uh, Richard, for him. And like I said, the guys touched on it earlier, so I won't be touching on any of the derby stuff. Don't want to step on toes. But absolutely, it's a great, great post for tact- uh, practical move. Excuse me. Brad Anderson, what's up, my friend? What's up, Ben and Boozin? Great week to try to solve this puzzle at Churchill. Looking forward to the show. Brad, thanks so much for joining the show. Greatly appreciate it, my friend. Jeffrey Wilson, what's up, fellas? How you doing, Jeffrey? Thanks so much for joining the show. It is, in fact, derby week. Richard Avalar. The Arlington stuff always stays with me and my friends since you are new. Um, I used to work at Arlington. I was basically with the equivalent of a Keeneland betologist. Uh, I taught people how to read the program and bet at Arlington for five years from 17 to 21 when they clo- unfortunately closed down the track. Um, the BMW championship ones behind the saddle cloths behind me are from Arlington. Um, there's some on some winter circle pictures of my horses who have won at Arlington. And then there's a few back there at the bar. So all the Arlington park love here, my friend, thanks so much again for joining the show. Jeff Wilson's got Rangers. Hey, I agree with you. It's just been an absolutely unbelievable series. And the fact that that series is going to game seven, um, is unbelievable. And since obviously from Chicago being a Patrick Kane fan, I'm going for the Rangers as well. Just hopefully to get another one and, South Lawn, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it, Richard. I uh, don't want to get too ahead of myself before I bring on my co-host here. 
Um, he's from the Ohio State University. He's a very he's a young handicapper like myself, but he knows the game well. And we're going to be get be able to give you all the stuff to know about the pace scenario. And like I said, the wins and losses, kind of the draw. Just must like the Kentucky Derby, which really hurt my chances, I think, with Hit Show, who I have a um, I put a future bet on way, way long, a long time ago, and he could drew the rail, which is really, really not good, in my opinion, for a horse like him. But obviously, again, a lot of stupid things can happen. First Saturday in May is the craziest race of the year, as we all know. So we will get there eventually. But from the Ohio State University, Charlie Freeman, Charlie Freeman, what's going on, my friend? Not much. Yeah, just got back home. I had to go in the room strictly so I could show off the Chicago skyline in the background. Uh, and yeah, to the comments about Arlington, same with me, man. All loved Arlington. Can't forget it was just uh, going through some old programs. No. Hell of it, why not? So uh, yeah, no, the Arlington love is still very much here. Hey, like I said, the Chicago skyline, we're both Chicago guys. Patrick, obviously being a New Jersey guy, um, is the outlier of the crew. But I, can't, I mean, I'm going to go on a rant about it, so I won't talk about it right now. But obviously, all of the love to Arlington as well. <laughs> Paul Halloran, I'm putting your comment on the screen. Have a boss who makes us work every night, no overtime. I know we get four days in a row of uninterrupted from me, which is probably not a good thing, but you know, we love it here. And then obviously you guys do a great job over there. If you guys didn't get to watch their reaction to the Derby post and their top 10 horses, please go watch it. It was from earlier today, episode 253, I believe, of the HHH Racing Podcast flagship show. So, Charlie, we're going to get right into it here because this is going to be a pretty quick rapid fire show, mainly about 35 to 40 minutes going over the Oaks odds and the draw and the pace scenario going on for the first set, first Friday in May. Excuse me for the girls. I'm going to bring up the odds right now. What paint is your five to two morning line favorite from Mike Battaglia? Botanical following short for Ellen J. Foxwoods at four to one, followed by Southlawn, who's a very impressive winner at Oaklawn. At eight to one, which I'm not sure if you're going to get that eight to one on South Lawn, but we'll again talk about it as well as I put us back up on the screen. <laughs> that I I agree with that too, Howard. The boss is talking. I completely agree with you there. But hey, we got to start a union. I agree, Penn State Scott. Um, and look, what what paint is the five to two ferret? And frankly, I don't think you're even going to get five to two on this horse. I think she might drift. I I don't know, but below two to one, but with with the races that she's run, we'll bring up the PPs and watch some replays, but it certainly looks like she's going to be absolutely hammered at the windows on Friday. Um, Botanical is run has done absolutely nothing wrong in her races over at Turfway, and South Lawn, like I said, ran a monster race in her last as well. So there's three, in my opinion, there's three very interesting horses that are on that are the favorites on the morning line we still and not even including the champion two-year-old philly wonder wheel who drew the five and is co fourth or fifth choice excuse me at 12 to one which i think you'll get every single bit of that 12 to one on her i really do maybe again maybe based on name recognition she'll drift to 10 but i'm not really sure but we'll get there eventually and as i bring us back on screen i'm going to switch to um, the PPs because I'm going to talk about the winners and losers of the draw. I think all the favorites um, drew great posts. I really do. The, with I think Botanical couldn't have got a better post. Um, 
she has speed to her outside and flying connection, but I frankly don't know if she's nearly as good. She's definitely as fast as botanical. Um, but we'll get there eventually. I'm bringing up the PPs right now. We're going to talk about botanical first as I started with her. Charlie, I'll go first and I'll let you add on anything that you want. And guys in the chat, please bring up anything that you guys have or want to hear about, you know, if you guys have questions on any horses or you guys just share out your opinions, this, this uh, show is completely meant for you guys. So I want to get all the chat interaction that I can have and then we'll bounce ideas off of each other for the next 30 minutes and then we'll end the show there. But guys, thanks so much for joining in again. Greatly, greatly appreciate it. So let's move on to botanical here for Chris Landeros gets the mount again for Brad Cox. Who's been running her at every single race at Turfway, where we can see she's done absolutely nothing wrong obviously a lot of people are going to point to synthetic being a little bit of an issue but we'll get it more and the boys will get more into that tomorrow with their kentucky oaks preview and then us for our two-day pick six preview um i think she'd do great in here i don't think in the in the six hole in the kentucky oaks going i believe it is a mile and a eighth yes it is a mile and an eighth so not the shortest run not the farthest run up to the first turn obviously in the like the mile and a quarter in the derby but the six hole absolutely does her every single favor that um lnj foxwoods could and brad cox could ask for of course he's going to go straight to the lead i don't think there's any going to be any messing around for landeros in this spot and realistically i mentioned flying connection to her outside who's the other speed but i i don't know if she's as fast she's i if she's faster than botanical botanical doesn't have any problem sitting off horses either so obviously that's going to be up to landeros's discretion but I think she draws really well in here. Charlie, would you agree with that? Yeah, no, I think, honestly, Botanical got a perfect spot. I think, as you mentioned, as mu- even though it does have early speed and we've seen it in the past, I don't think this is a horse that needs to be in the front, and I don't think it will. I think it will be towards the front. But my guess is it'll probably be a horse, you know, you'll, there's a lot of speed towards those outside gates, uh, which we'll obviously get to as we discuss more of the different pace and who got good gates and so on. Um, but yeah, I think honestly, a lot of those outside horses will get right to the front. And I think Botanical will sit just off the first, maybe three or four horses that are just trying to go all out speed, go a million miles an hour, and then gas out. I think Botanical will be the first one once they come home on the final turn. I think Botanical will be the first like real contender that we see. The question will just be those sitting behind Botanical that are also real contenders. Can they pass Botanical in time? That's yeah. just how I see the race turning out. Yeah, and I mean, I put up Jeffrey Wilson's comment about the weather. That is a big factor, and like I said, we will get to it eventually, which doesn't bode well necessarily for my horse who uh, runs on Derby Day. But again, we will wait for that come um, come our show later in the week. But like I said, I think she'd do great. It's just a matter of if she can handle the slop when it moves. I don't think she necessarily needs the lead by any means, and Landeros will get her in a good position to strike at the top of the stretch. She'll get first run on uh, her outside, who I'll talk about next, who I think also drew very well. It's just a matter of, is she good enough? That's just my opinion, but we'll go over the pace scenario again as we move on. Wet paint drew the seven right to her outside. Again, I don't think Godolphin and Brad Cox could have asked for anything better for this horse. This horse, obviously, she really doesn't have any early speed whatsoever. She has a little bit, as shown in that turfway race, but I just think they recognize that she's a pretty far deep closer and she does her best running late. I mean, that 113 late time form is a true indicator. 
Um, Michael Austin brings up a really good point at Oaklawn Park in a full field. She just won from the number seven. So that's a one that's a, if you care about that type of um pass form, that's a really good indicator. But I mean, this is a full field of 14, obviously going a mile and an eighth. I just think she's going to drop back. She's going to sit in the clear the entire way around. And especially if it rains on Friday, she's run really well both times at Oaklawn in the slop and at Indiana breaking her maiden in the slop. So I think the I think if it rains, it just plays more and more to wet paints advantage, which it kind of works out like a pun. It's no pun intended by any means, but this horse, I think she drew really well. And I think she's going to get a, a great first run and she's easily easily the deserving favorite in this race. Charlie, would you agree with that? No, I think, like you mentioned, I think every single thing that could have gone right for wet paint ahead of time, and I know we can't factor the weather just yet, because again, when the PPs come out, when we saw the odds, they don't factor that in. I think everything for wet paint turned out perfectly. I think in terms of gate, as you mentioned, it probably wants to be around that six, seven, eight range, you know, right towards the middle, not getting stuck pinned on the rail, but also not having a super wide trip. So I think that's perfectly ideal. Obviously, with how strong this horse is running late, that's when it does its best work. So I just think the more distance you have, the better this horse benefits. And it's not like it's some crazy jump to an amount of distance where, where you're wondering how that horse will have to adjust. It's not a crazy increase from one in a 16th, but nonetheless it is. And again, I think that only helps this horse. I mean, you look at how its wins happen, and not only does it like catch up, it's not like it's a horse that just nips them at the wire. It catches up and then runs away late with what distance there is. And I think adding more distance, I think Brad Cox is going to have this horse ready. I have a feeling this was a race that they had planned out and that they're very excited for this horse in this spot. This is definitely something they had circled on the calendar. I mean, again, we're not going into picks by any means, but certainly just looking on paper, this seems like the right spot for what paint. Absolutely. I mean, like I said, she is the, she is much the deserving favorite. I don't think you'll get that five to two. No, I think no you'll shot. get the pace with the draw. The, uh, the 10 flying connection on the outside has to go based on draw. Um, she with Darth said, Vader. There's yep, a few on North, that outside. There is, and I'll, like I said, I have a, uh, I've made up an Excel sheet, so we'll all go over that um, as the time comes. But yeah, there's a lot. There's definitely going to be enough speed, I think, for Wet Paint, and drawing the seven is a perfect place for her to go by everyone in the clear on the outside coming down the Twin Spire stretch at Churchill Downs. Um, I'm gonna go over a little bit. I'm gonna go over Flying Connection as I've been touching on her a lot, running at Sunland Park, won the Sunland Park Oaks. Um, Realistic. I mean, the um, the big question is how is that Sunland form going to transition over here? She's never raced in the slop, um, but she's been working well at Churchill. I mean, she's definitely going to have to go. She's definitely going to be the speed of this race, which they I think they and the thing that makes me wary is that that eighty seven time form is really pretty slow in comparison to a horse like Botanical, I believe, who has a one oh nine early pace form. So if you use those. Uh, time form us pace figures and you hand use that in your handicapping on the front end it almost just looks like botanical is just faster which is what i touched on but for me out of the 10 i think Flo has no no chance but to just send this horse hopefully clear everybody and just hold on for as long as he can again you always as we'll go in more into the handicapping you can argue is this race even good enough but from the 10 hole outside she just has to go right charlie no, absolutely. And like you said, I'm concerned because obviously it isn't one of the most hyped up or well-known tracks. It's not exactly somewhere where you're facing the best competition. Obviously won the biggest race there, 
but that is going to be a transition. The weather could be concerning. And yeah, as you kind of mentioned, I mean, if you look all around Flying Connection as well to the outside of it is a bunch of other horses that want speed. You have to consider that it could be a bit of a complicated trip trying to get over on the front because again, they put a lot of, with the way the draw turned out, a lot of the early speed happens to be all on top of each other. So, you know, there could be a lot of bumping around, shuffling, trying to get to that front. Whereas, again, as you mentioned, there's other horses like Botanical that look like not only are they faster, but they're also not – Botanical also didn't draw next to a bunch of other early speed. So it probably won't have to fight as hard to get where it wants to be. And, again, I just – I don't know. I think Flying Connection could make some noise and get towards the front, but I think it's going to need a very ideal trip, an ideal race pace for things to go Flying Connection's way. Like, I think there's a reason it's at the odds that it is. Yeah, and I agree with you. And, obviously, on DRF, they don't have the uh, morning lines – up there yet even though they haven't posted on um excuse me the derby website and all like that so we don't have them to show on the pps but i agree with you charlie i think she's just gonna have to send and just hold on for as long as she can if she somehow sets a really cold fractions she could get there but it's going to be very hard for a horse like her to get there and now i'm gonna talk about two more four three more horses um I'm going to talk about South Lawn real quick, and then we'll go into horses that I don't think got the best shake in the draw. Um, South Lawn ran an absolutely massive race, and we can't – with a lot of these horses, it really sucks because we can't really show replays. South Lawn race at fairgrounds, and obviously with the DRF and Churchill um, situation, we can't show um, races. But if you want to go watch a really nice replay – Go watch that Fairgrounds Oaks. South Lawn was much the best in that race at seven to one, which I don't think you're even going to get that price in the Oaks, frankly, on this horse. I think this is going to be kind of the wise guy type of horse where they're going to see this horse at eight to one on morning line. They got to really bet this horse, but she should be bet. That last race looks a little slow number wise, but I mean, just the way she, she moves so easily in that race. Um, I think she draws really good in here. She's just going to sit mid-pack to maybe even closer up. I think she's going to be a stalker type in this spot. And um, this can be another horse that's going to have first run on wet paint, obviously, since wet paint style is going to have her moving all the way from the back. Um, in a 14-horse field versus a 20-horse field like the Derby, I know a lot of people don't like horses coming from the back in Derby because you have to maneuver through everybody. Don't get me wrong. 14 horses is still a very decent – it's a very big field. But – there's a lot less to deal with um, in a race like the Oaks then versus the Derby. We saw it last year with secret oath coming from pretty far back to win, just coming out on the outside on the clear South Lawn will get first run from the four hole. I think she's going to sit right in behind the speed tip out the top of the stretch and hopefully get clear run, but we'll see how it goes. She's definitely poised for a step forward. So if Ray Lou can get her into a very good spot on the first turn, I think South Lawn's got a very nice shot to win this derby and i'm going to talk about wonder wheel now um i really don't think she got a great post and i'll explain myself in a little bit with the five i think she's gonna have to i don't i don't think she has as much early speed as she once did um you look back in the alcibiades um when she won from the front um the spin away where she had speed the debutante at churchill last year where she had speed but then the race is coming back in 2023 and start. Actually, it started with the juvenile Phillies, even though she really didn't get out that well. And um, she just ran up the rail the entire way. Um, I handicapped her and I actually liked her from a pace scenario because I thought she would be close to the lead and then ended up being dead last. Um, 
I don't I just think she's gonna be in between the whole way around. And frankly, I just I just don't know if she's as good as these other Phillies. I really don't. Um, like I said, I'll leave that to the guys and leave that to us later in the week when we go over our handicapping. I don't think she drew the best. I think a little more outside would have worked better for Wonder Wheel coming down on the inside for a horse, even though she ran really well in the Breeders' Cup on the rail. She's going to have to get another just absolutely dream trip like she got up the rail in that race to win this race. And for Joel, I know he's very good. Tyler Gaffion chooses off her. It's it's just not I don't I'm not sure that this horse is improving. I think she's really shown what she has. And I don't think it's good enough to win this race, especially from the in-between posts that she got. I think I know a lot of people like this horse, and I I I just I think Mimi Kakushi really, really got it bad on the rail here. And I'll explain why. Again, another race where we can't watch replays just based on sole fact of um based on sole fact of them from the Maidon. You can watch them on YouTube. You can watch them through ADW, but we cannot watch them here on the show. She was in the clear. She's um, in those races for people that don't know. You can actually see on the notes on the right side. She tracked the leaders the whole way around in the last race in the UAE Oaks. She was just the outside of the leaders coming all the way around the track and just got a clear run. Ended up just outlasting Amy, please on the inside I, I just, she either has to completely send Barcelona and ha- or Barcelona, Barcelona, <laughs> Barcelona either has to just completely send on the rail and hopefully she can keep her inside position or he has to take back into the first flight and she's going to take dirt, um, especially in the slop. I just don't, I think this is really the biggest loss out of the entire field. And we talk about it always, Charlie, with these younger horses on the rail, frankly, ones that really haven't faced it before. I know in for yesterday, uh, yesterday, last race was our first time going longer, but I I just don't see it from the rail. I think it's a bad, I think it's a really bad draw for the connections. Yeah, I already think this was a tough spot as is, as you mentioned. It's continuing to try to adjust the longer distance, obviously coming back now to America as well. Uh, being stuck on the rail is never ideal, but I feel like it's a lot easier when it's a horse that's done it before or at the very least has enough experience that you don't have to worry as much. But it is a younger, newer horse that doesn't have as much run on the tires yet. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I agree with what you're saying. I think it will be a trendy horse. There will be some people that will give it some money and take a chance. I'm not saying it can't do anything, but I don't. I agree. I don't think it got a good trip. And also touching real quick on Wonder Wheel, like you mentioned, I think that horse peaked. Um, I think Michael made some good points. I, I don't disagree at all. I don't know why the horse is in this race, to be honest with you. I don't think it's going to be competitive. I think maybe some people that are banking on the fact that it's Mark Cassie training it and that it's had some success in the past in Joel Rosario, that maybe through those connections in the past, that maybe they can find something out of it and they believe. To me, it seems more desperate than anything. I feel like they were kind of thinking like, all right, this is a big field. We don't even need the horse to actually win, but just show that it still has something or not. I think it's on the decline as well. Like you mentioned, I think it's best days are behind it. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to touch on that real quick for one to will. And I also agree. I don't think it got a good post at all. I don't, I don't think the post helped at all. I mean, like I said, the five's not necessarily a bad post by any means, but it's just the way. And also um, this was brought up in the chat multiple times. Uh, she wasn't even supposed to get in the race. Oh, um, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. She wasn't even supposed to get in the race on points. And um, there was a few defection or uh, deflections from connections going elsewhere. So she ended up squeaking in. And again, it's not a good look for me when the champion Philly squeaks in. 
I don't know. It's just not for me for Wonder Wheel. And obviously, I keep saying it, but I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. We will continue to push it on to the guys tomorrow and us on Wednesday when we cover the two-day pick six. We'll be covering this. But back to back to Mimi, it's just I just she's going to take money. I think she's gonna, she would have taken a lot more money if she was outside. I think the rail is going to hinder her. Uh, her price, rather, it's she's going to go up in the price. But I think this is the one horse that's going to really it really lost in the draw. And obviously, we can always say, you know, if someone else drew the, drew the rail, we'd say the same thing. But just the way that this horse is run in Madan, just on the outside, tracking leaders the whole way around, leads at the top of the stretch or just gets by in the middle of the stretch. I just it, it just does not play very well to her running style. And I think. Uh, Barcelona is going to really have to work out a trip to be able to get this horse, even in the money for me, frankly. I think this horse will probably be at that 10 to 1 mark. And I think there's a lot of other horses that are interesting in this race that'll be higher prices than that. Just my opinion, she can easily get in the money or even win, frankly. I don't think she's a win candidate, but she's definitely in the money candidate for a lot of people, including myself. But it's just, it's. To her running style, the way she's shown, I'm not sure she's going to benefit from taking the dirt on the inside. So that's just my opinion. And Michael Austin brings up a great point that um, it says that she did not run. Uh, a horse she beat came back in the Santa Anita turf allowance yesterday and did not run great. Obviously, coming from dirt to turf, that could that people would argue that. But um, just playing more to the fact that tough post and horses, I don't. It's same thing for Derma Sotogake for me, and I don't mean to get ahead of myself for the Derby, but you can argue that these horses in the UAE, like who they didn't really beat that much. You don't know who they beat, and horses are coming back later and just not running well, not winning. It's just, it's very iffy for me. Derma Sotogake is, a, in my opinion, a way more likely win candidate than Mimi Kakushi is, but I don't know. I just, that's the way I see it. I don't think she's going to benefit from taking dirt and the pay scenario with the with the draw is really not going to help her hey gambling gambling girl the forte richard gambling girl is i don't know what to make of her i really don't it's she's just she's a run from the back type and for me in this spot i don't know if there's going to be anyone better coming from the back than wet paint i i just don't like for me i think gambling girl is going to drop back from the three hole i think she's going to be right next to wet paint early and they're going to have to run together. And who would I rather have? I don't know. That's just my opinion on that. But we'll get into it. Jerry, Jerry W., thanks so much for joining the show, my friend. I greatly appreciate it. I hope nobody bets Wonder Wheel because I am weak as soaks. I, it's de- there's definitely no standouts by any means. Actually, I would argue the standout is wet paint just based on her prior form. And if she can revert to her two-year-old form, I think she's definitely she's definitely um competitive if she can revert but i i mean even an 83 which is her top out in the juvenile phillies where she ran really well i don't think that's good enough to win this race to be completely honest this definitely a weak field and your point is definitely taken jerry um but i mean look you're getting the champion philly at probably 12 to 1 or 15 to 1 to at least 10 to 1 or higher so if, I'm not going to knock anyone off that's willing to take a horse of that of that caliber for that price, but it's going to be a it's not going to be one for me. But Jerry, your point is completely understood, and I appreciate the comment. Charlie, I'm moving on to the, what our pace scenario is. We talked about a lot of horses, and again, please continue to mention in the chat 
any opinions you have, we will we will greatly answer them and get to them. But I'm going to bring up the pace scenario, or at least what I think the pace scenario is going to be for the first Friday in May as I bring it up right now. That isn't what I just do. Oh, boy. Okay, we're good. This is what I'm thinking right now for the Kentucky Oaks. 14 horses. I didn't include the AEs, even though there's some of them that could play into this as well. Um, I think it's botanical and flying connection up front. I don't think I think Darth Vader's very fast. I think Promise for America shows speed. Pretty mischievous can show some speed. And Mimi Kakushi really has to go from the inside draw. That is what I see. I think South Lawn Wonder Wheel Wonder Wheel doesn't have the um, kick that she used to, or early speed that she used to, excuse me. South Lawn sits in the middle, defining purpose, and affirmative ladies sit right next to them. The Alice look and tell me no lies are a little bit farther back. And then you got the two coming from way back, which is wet paint and gambling girl. Um, I think there's a lot of speed in any one of those horses, especially I think the um, Mimi Kakushi can really show some extra early speed, just drawing the rail. As we all know, um, with these horses that like to be close to the front, but they draw the rail, their only real decision is kind of to go, especially when they, when all her previous races have, her, have been her sitting by an outside. The way I see it, Charlie, and I'll let you talk about what you think based on pace scenario. I think botanical gets the lead. I think, or I think flying connection gets the lead. Botanical switches out to the outside of her. I think, but flying connection drops back at about, just at the top of the turn, botanical goes on. One South Lawn's coming up to her outside, and then wet paint comes flying down middle of the stretch, overtakes her. And that's I feel like it's gonna be a fight between those three to see who either gets first jump, who can outlast the other, anything like that. I think this race sets up really well for wet paint. I really do. There's a lot of speed, and even though I have them in the pressing category, I would not be surprised at any point if they showed any, a little more speed to try and go after horses like botanical who, if she does get loose, she has a very good chance to win this race for sure. Easily my second choice in this spot, even though South lawn is pretty close to her. It's I, I just, I just see it really setting up for wet paint. Is that kind of how you see it, Charlie, or are you leaning a different way? I mean, I think wet paint is in a perfect scenario as we talked on earlier from the gate to the pace to the distance of the track, to even potentially the weather conditions. I think everything is met for wet paint. And I'm not even saying this in terms of a way where it's like wet paint needs the perfect situation to win. I think we both agree with the distance alone. Wet paint is already in a very great position to win this race. I just think there's so many other factors that are only boosting those odds. Um, and again, as you mentioned, you're not going to get those odds realistically with Brad Cox. But nonetheless, I think the horse is the clear favorite and des a deserved favorite. As much as we've hit on this field being potentially a weaker Kentucky Oaks in the past, I do think Wet Paint is a very well-respected and well-deserved favorite and should win this race. I think agreed. I think Gambling Girl sits the back, but I don't think Gambling Girl is anywhere near the kick that Wet Paint has. So I don't think that's going to matter much. I think if Gambling Girl wants any chance, it's going to have to be like – ahead of wet paint and closer to that mid pack because it knows it's not going to be able to kick with it. Uh, I think that's a lot of what you kind of said. I think the way you set it up is right. It's just certain horses are going to have to be farther up if they want to stay ahead. Like I think Darth Vader is going to actually go to the front. I actually don't think botanical needs to, I think it certainly could, but I have a feeling with botanical, it's going to be a kind of see how the race goes. And if it has yep. the opportunity to get to the front, 
and kind of set not cold fractions, but you know, reasonable ones where the horse doesn't have to work for it, then sure it will go to the front. But if they see other horses that are clearly are going to gas out, decide to go ahead of it, I don't think botanical needs to be on the lead. So I think it could be in the speed or press category. Um, I think South Lawn can't be in too much of a stalk. I just don't trust. I don't think South Lawn has quite enough of a kick. I think it will be in a stalking trip, but maybe needs out of the stalkers will probably need to be the first one to go, in my opinion, just because I don't know if it has enough late speed to be able to stay ahead of wet paint. Um, I think Wonder Wheel is another one that might have to start to go as well. Yep. Um, but yeah, in terms of the categories, I think you have it spot on. It's just obviously within those categories, you know, certain ones obviously are going to have to be closer up and farther back. But I still think regardless – there's very few scenarios where it doesn't work out for wet painted my eyes. Yeah. And I mean, look, she's definitely, like I said, we always, we keep saying it, but she's the deserving favorite and the race sets up. Well, what, how do you guys feel about this in the chat? Do you guys like the type of chart that I have set up or do you think that there's going to be a little more speed at hand? Or do you think there's going to be less speed? Do you think botanical is going to take back? Like Charlie thinks, do you think Darth Vader and flying connection to go to the front? Like I said, there's many different ways that you can draw it up and go about it. Um, Richard, I see your comment, my friend. Hey, look, their wet paint's going to be the favorite of a confidence game. You're going to get really good price on that double for sure. And I, I'll never talk anyone off. Confidence game is that one horse where, you know, obviously he's been off for seven weeks, but he could easily have um, the run. And if he's good enough, he can definitely get up there, which I'm not sure that he is. But if you believe that he's good enough, there's no reason to um, to think that he can't win the race flying connection will be in front richard i i can completely see that like i said i think botanical takes back to his uh, his got a drink i didn't the 35 minutes i'm talking about the oaks and i still said his but i gotta take a drink for that cheers to you if you guys have a drink in front of you um anytime we say the opposite gender of the horse the joke is that we have to take a drink so cheers to you and cheers to anyone out there who took a sip with me but I think botanical switches out. I think she runs better in the clear. Um, like it's it's just a matter of will anyone press botanical more? So person turquoise waving. I love that it doesn't show me the uh, the um, emotes, but derby knowledge. I completely get it. I she, she's for me again. I said it last time uh, a little bit ago. She's the most likely winner if she gets out or mo- besides wet paint, the second most likely winner. If she gets out in front, I don't think Flying Connection is necessarily as fast as her or as good as her by any means. She takes to the dirt really well. She could definitely be a handful for wet paint. We've seen it multiple times in the Derby and the Oaks where the horses that are in front are just have, you know, they're obviously they're all and most of them deserve to be here and they're all really good horses. So if she gets out to the front, just has enough to stay down the lane, maybe wet paint's trying to runs her race and runs a good second or third and botanical takes it on the front end. I can easily see that as well. Um, I agree. Boozing guys are razor sharp as well. Thanks so much, Parker. Greatly appreciate it. Hey, the, the booze just loosens it up. This is a little more loose on this show than the boss and his team, but uh, we have a good time. Thanks so much, Parker, for joining the show. Greatly appreciate it. Um, I see your other comment in there. Let's absolutely kill this guy's kill this derby card. Parker greatly appreciate it. They definitely are the sharpest guys around Penn state. Scott says the weather will dictate the bets over both days. You'll need to have a plan B agreed. And obviously I think that has a lot more to deal in the turf races, but I mean, if there's slop, I mean, I think if there's, if it's a sloppy track, I think, um, wet paint takes even more money based on her past form. On the wet track, she's run 
are I mean, she's it's not arguably she's ran her best races on the sloppy track. And if this if the track takes water as it's forecasted to on Friday, I think she takes even more money, maybe even dips below that two to one mark and then nine to five, eight to five spot, which for a race like the Kentucky Oaks is kind of crazy to say. But I think it's definitely possible for a horse like wet paint, who, as we've talked about before, is really the only the only real standout, quote unquote, in this field. There's not really any others that you can point to and say, yes, that's absolutely the horse that I want out of this pack. Uh, most people will point to wet paint and she's going to take a lot of money in a lot of the uh, multi-race wagers, not in, whether it's the double, uh, the pick six, the pick five, the pick three. She's going to take all the money on her for rightly so, of course, but it's just the matter of if she gets beat, that's where the value skyrockets. Cause I think she's the one standing out in this race. Richard Avalar posts that Todd Fincher seems pretty confident in flying connection would love to win for wild and ice. I completely agree with that last part, Richard, um, an absolute tragedy for wild on ice and her connections. Condolences to everyone who loved the horse. Um, Look, Todd Fincher, I mean, he's he's shown that he can really show up with the breast of him. He had a really good um he's had a really good stakes record outside of that Arizona uh ring where he usually runs um at Mahoning Valley and all those tracks over there like that, Sunland Park. Um it's just a matter of can she step it up with everyone else? And if Flying Connection is that fast, she definitely has a chance to at least hit the board. Um, I just think Botanical is going to does it a little bit better than her. But, hey, I could easily be wrong. But I just think wet paint is definitely the crop of the crop. Um, Penn State's got wet paint comes in battle if she's under even money. Under even money would be an insane feat for a race of this caliber. Just with the amount of money in the pool and with the quote-unquote rich strike effect that's going to happen this year, I, I don't see her dropping below even money. I think 8 to 5 is probably the lowest. Thank you, Richard. Slammed one for uh, Ke- for Todd at Keeneland. Thank you. I knew there was one. Um, I did not remember the name, so thanks, Richard. I greatly appreciate it. Um, I don't think she's going to be under even money. I think eight to five is probably the lowest you're going to see on wet paint. I think that happens with the wet track. I think two to one is probably your most likely price on Oaks Day if it actually stays dry out there. Um, but anywhere around that point is what it is. I think she might even... obviously. Set your own value line, people, uh, guys. If you think the horse is value at two to one and she goes off at five to two, that's great value. It, the horse, as we touch on all the time at the on this show and on Howard's show that he touches on, value doesn't necessarily have to mean that the horse is, you know, 10, 15 to one. Five to two could be great value for you. If you think the horse should be seven to five, but the horse goes off at two to one, five to two, that's great value. So you... You can take a 20, you know, even like if you're a smaller player, you take a 10, $20 win bet and you think you should only get back $25, including your 10, but instead you get back 35, 37, you got back way more money than you thought. I mean, it's just, it's based on however you think, at least that's the way my brain works with that type of value line. Um, But that's my opinion. Jerry W says, Alice, Alice look or the Alice look has been working straight up with wet paint at Churchill without being asked. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if wet paints, I don't think they're being pushed either at all. Um, I just frankly don't know if Alice look is as good as wet paint as shown in previous races, but um, XBTV.com for those of you that don't know, 
they have all of these workouts published um full video and everything if you're at all interested go over to xbtv just search it up in google it'll come right up and it'll pipe in whatever horse you want in the search bar and you can get uh workout videos we'll show them as we get more into the handicapping on tuesday and wednesday but for today we're mainly just looking at pace scenarios and stuff like that that but jerry completely agree with you we will take we will watch that um coming up for us on wednesday night when we take a look at the two-day pick six um and again jerry w says fincher shipped in a church home when a great stakes last year he's shown like i said he can she's shown that he can match up with a bunch of these trainers on these different circuits and he doesn't take a whole lot of money because a lot of people don't know who he is and in a race like the oaks where there's a lot of casual money not that people again not that people don't know what they're doing but this, I, this is the one time of year where all eyes are on horse racing. There's going to be a lot of casual money in the pools. So Fincher's not going to take as money as someone like Brad Cox. And that's just the way it is. So I completely agree with you, Jerry. And Wasting Downwinds says curtain weather report, 60% chance of rain on Friday and Saturday for Churchill. Hopefully the rain stays out. Um, again, I, I keep saying, I keep, I keep saying I'm biased, but um. I would love for Otago to just run in the, actually I would love for it to get taken off turf, to be honest with you, even then that's never going to happen. I would love to watch Otago run in the slot being as out of spites town. That would be absolutely great. Uh, Richard says, what do you think on South? What do you think on South? What Southlawn's jock saying they're going for the lead a mile out too soon. I think what uh, Ray Lou is the jockey on uh, Southlawn, if I'm not mistaken, I think they're going to try and go the whole um, strategy on that is to get the first jump on wet paint. They see wet paint as a serious competitor, but they know she's going to be at least four or five lengths back from them. Even at the mile out, I think coming to the top of the stretch, they aim to have the lead and they, they are hoping that she can kick away and wet paint's going to run her race and just not run, not be able to run them down towards the wire. I think I think it's actually a, a really good strategy, Richard. To be honest with you, and obviously I'm not a trainer, I'm not a jockey, so I don't know the exact um, proportions of it. But when you have a horse like Wet Paint, um, or I guess the biggest comparison that I have on the male side, not necessarily that she's going to be this far back, but with a horse like Red Route One, you know this horse has they don't have any early speed, so they're just going to be they're going to be you know 12 lengths back on the backstretch. Um, your best bet is to be able is to have to push the button a little bit earlier, get out in front, and hopefully she just has enough to last going down the lane. I think it's a very good possibility. I just personally think Wet Pain might just be the better horse and run him down. I don't know if um, what's his face. I don't know. I clicked the wrong button there. Excuse me, but um, Flavian Pratt. I could not remember the jockey for the life of me, but if I don't think Flavian is necessarily going to let, let Southlawn get away. Um, but, and look, I see the boss's comment in there. I will post it in a second, but I don't necessarily think Flavian Pratt's going to let Southlawn get too far away. I think he's going to start his move in the middle of the turn. Southlawn takes the lead at the top of the stretch. I think wet Payne's going to have a pretty good shot to run her down as well, but I think it's a great, I think it's the perfect strategy in a race like this, Richard, to your point. And, the boss, H. Howard Kravitz, Ray Lou, the announcement, Ray Lou Gutierrez will be on the show live tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Eastern to answer all questions about South Lawn and everything else regarding the Kentucky Oaks and Kentucky Derby days for his horses. 
So if you care at all to listen about um, his, there's kind of strategy on South Lawn. Obviously, he's not going to give you a direct strategy, but how the horse is working, how the horse is doing, his talks with Norm Cassie, how you know how they see the horse running. Tune in tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Eastern time to check out Relu Gutierrez live on the HHH Racing Podcast. That is the flagship show tomorrow at 7 p.m. where they're covering the late pick five that ends in the Kentucky Oaks. So th- thanks so much, Howard, for pointing that out. That's the first announcement, to my knowledge, because he just said on his show, two random guests, one trainer and one jockey. But Relu will be on the show tomorrow. So tune in tomorrow if you care about that at all but guys that's really all i have for tonight is it's mainly this was just a overview of everything going from the pace scenario to the draws just our base reactions on how each horse drew with the winners the losers and how we think the pace scenario is going to shape up charlie i'm going to leave it to you to close out the show with your um with your analysis and any final thoughts that you have charlie go for it so, yeah, I mean, I think with uh, I think Richard was asking some really good questions, so I appreciate him being in the chat. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think with Southlawn, what, what you guys were talking about is spot on. I think the reality is the only way you're going to beat wet paint, in my opinion, is you don't want to be the speed of the speed and you don't want to be at the back. You want to be somewhere in between the back of the pressers and the front of the stalkers, in my opinion. That's, I think, the sweet spot because, again, those at the front probably going to end up running out of gas, in my opinion. I do think Botanic – Cole is going to end up sitting right behind those. And again, you're right. If you're right with wet paint or if you're with him, like, I don't know, three, four, five lengths of wet paint, I think you're getting past. I think you need to try to get in that sweet spot where, you know, maybe six, seven, eight lengths ahead. And that way, when you're making that turn, I don't think they'll be able to hold off wet paint, but I certainly think it's your best chance. It's kind of one of those things where you just want to prevent the inevitable. You don't want to rush it too far and get too far ahead where it doesn't even matter because then you'll just gas out and he'll just glide past you. But you also, or she, sorry, but you also don't want to be close enough in the back where, you're right next to wet paint because you know wet paint's got more kick than anybody in this field. So I think that's what it really comes down to. Like the horses, I think South also, I don't think you're going to get it at those odds, which how uh, the boss man had hit on for sure. I don't know how it's opening at those odds, but it won't finish at those odds. But yeah, I think that's the key for the horses like South and Botanical that are realistic candidates, more so Botanical, is finding a way to be in that sweet spot of being far enough ahead that you have breathing room without gassing the horse out. Because you need to that that's the only way you're going to beat wet paint is you need to have enough distance while saving enough kick at the end to have any chance of beating. I do think Botanical is the most realistic uh, horse to do it. I don't think anyone will. I think everything as the days and with the weather potentially is only going to help wet paint more. But I do think that is the angle for how you do beat wet paint in this race. I completely agree with you. And guys, like I said, thanks so much to everyone in the chat for chiming in. Um, we'll be here every single day this week. Um, actually not every single day. I shouldn't say that today, tomorrow and Wednesday, we'll be here covering races at 8 PM Eastern or 9 PM Eastern, excuse me, 8 PM central time covering tomorrow. We're covering the Derby undercard stakes or races that are not in the pick five. And then on Wednesday, we are covering the two day picks or the, we're going to cover races that are not in the two day pick six, excuse me. And then Wednesday, we're going to cover the two-day pick six, which I believe is two races on Friday, four on Saturday, and then Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, we are all going to be live for a full roundtable discussion covering the Kentucky Derby. And I'm ending with Brad's comment here. Flag Chick Show, you should refer to it as the sister show. Hey, Brad, I just do what the boss tells me to do, man. That's what that's what he calls the show. He calls it the flagship show. Can't fight him around here, but uh, you can give him some crap in the uh, – 
in the group chat later on. But um, hey, that's the way it goes around here. I'm just I'm just busting his balls. There's nothing. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just the way. Um, it's just what he calls it. It's not necessarily that you know we're the quote unquote inferior show or by any means. So I hope not. But um, you know we give out winners here too for sure. For my co-host Charlie Freeman, it's been your host Kyle Roscoe for episode number eighteen of Betting and Boozing here on the HHH Racing Podcast, where we booze, but we don't lose. Thanks so much, everybody. Have a good night.